Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, we roll along. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, trying to keep up with everything going on here. NFL free agency is underway. It's also draft season, and McShay has his second mock draft up on ESPN.com right now, and I want to take a few minutes to go over that. You know I love the draft, A, because every Jet fan loves the draft, Um <laughs> Uh, And B, because uh, I host the draft for ESPN. It is my favorite uh, assignment of the year. It's my favorite thing. And I've done 50 players. So I'm looking at McShay's first round. I've done 30 of the 31 players that he has going in round one so far. And lest you should say, no, Greeny, there are 32 picks in round one. There aren't this year. The way it works, the the pick that the Dolphins forfeited um, is is exactly that. It, It does... It doesn't mean that the 32nd pick in this year's draft gets bumped up and becomes a first-round pick. There are just 31 draft picks in round one this year. So that's the way that's going for those of you who've not paid attention. And, of course, as always, all eyes will be on the quarterbacks. And McShay has four of them going in the top nine. He has Bryce Young from Alabama going number one to the Colts, who he projects making a trade with the Bears. He has C.J. Stroud of Ohio State going number two to the Texans. He has the Cardinals taking Will Anderson, the pass rusher extraordinaire from Alabama, at three. He has the Bears, who had moved down to four, taking Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia. And then the other quarterbacks he has are the Raiders taking Will Levis from Kentucky at seven, and the Panthers taking Anthony Richardson from Florida at nine. Those are the quarterbacks. So here are the interesting things I think worthy of note. The first three are going to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth again. Between now and draft day, you are going to hear Will Levis, because some teams love him. Mel loves him. You are going to hear Bryce Young. Some teams love him. McShay loves him. And you're going to hear C.J. Stroud, who is probably the safest option. C.J. Stroud doesn't have any of the question marks that either of the other two do. Will Levis has all the measurables, questions about the tape. Bryce Young had one of the great college careers you've ever seen, or two years anyway, but major questions about the measurables. Bryce Young and I weigh the same number of pounds, and that's a very, very bad situation if you're going to play in the National Football League, particularly if one of your best attributes is your mobility, which it is. Bryce Young is a special player, and McShay said on our air on Get Up this morning, that he thinks he's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. Now, if you could get a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes, that might be a pretty attractive potential move. Someone's going to trade up there and get him, unless, Hembo, the Bears stay right there and take him. And that is what McShay said he would do. I would take Bryce Young if I was Chicago. I don't think that's going to be the decision that they make. I think they're going to move back and and take advantage of the fact that you you have Houston at two, 
Indianapolis at four, Las Vegas at seven, I believe, Carolina at nine. There's a bunch of teams that want to move up. How far back do they move? We'll find out. So he's that's McShay, and a little bit of it at the beginning, and I did follow up, where he said if he was the Bears, he would take uh, Bryce Young and trade away, I assume he means trade away Justin. He said trade Justin Fields, right? Because I sort of blocked out when he said I would take the So here's the thing. Here are the reasons to do that. If you're the Bears. There are three. There's one reason it might happen that would be a bad reason. And that is the people who run the Bears now, their brain trust, the head coach and the general manager, were not there when Fields was drafted. So this is not their guy. And frequently, people in their position like to have their guy. That would be a terrible reason to make this decision, and I'm going to give them more credit than that. I'm going to say they won't do it for that reason. Here are the two reasons that you would do it. One, you think Bryce Young is a, is a, a degree of special that you believe Justin Fields is not. You just think if he legitimately is a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes, then you are willing to walk because Mahomes is the best quarterback there is. Then you maybe are willing to look past the size and roll, roll the dice on that, particularly if you don't believe Fields is going to take a monster next step. The other reason, and the most obvious in the modern NFL, is the contract. How many times have we said there is nothing better to have in the entire sport than a good quarterback on his rookie deal? And Justin Fields is already two years into the five years of his rookie deal, and Bryce Young, in theory, would be just starting that clock. Those would be the reasons to do it. The reasons not to do it are equally obvious. One, Bryce Young is so small that it just scares you to death. He's much smaller than Kyler Murray. Don't let people use Kyler Murray as the, as the comp here. Kyler Murray is not small. He's just short. But he's thick, certainly compared to Bryce Young. And oh, oh by the way, Kyler Murray is significantly hurt. So the idea that Bryce Young is going to stay healthy, look, I wish nothing but success for the kid. Everyone loves him. Everyone says he's the terrific character off the charts. I want nothing more than for him to have a wonderful NFL career and make hundreds of millions of dollars. But the size would scare me to death. But even that wouldn't be the reason I didn't do it. The reason I didn't do it is Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. I've seen what those guys have turned into when you put the right coaching and right pieces around them. And I say, why couldn't Justin Fields be that? Justin Fields has, he is a better runner than either of them. or He's faster than either of them. He is practically as big and strong as Josh Allen. He isn't, but no quarterback is. But he's big and strong. He's got a cannon for an arm. He is more developed at this point than Jalen Hurts was at the same point in his career. And we've just watched Jalen Hurts, with the right circumstances around him, turn himself into one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't see why Justin Fields might not be that in the next two years if Chicago puts some of the right pieces around him. What do you think of that, Hembo? I think that the Bears should trade the number one pick and build around Justin Fields like you just said. They have an enormous amount of cap space, and Justin Fields has already proven that he, first of all, he improved a lot from year one to year two, so the trajectory is something that you want to buy into, that kind of stock. And he's also proven that the offense can function at a high level with his skill set. Jalen Hurts 
and Josh Allen to a lesser degree, and Lamar Jackson previously proved that if you have a quarterback that can run like that, it changes the math on every single play. Justin Fields is a world-class athlete, who, and all he has to do is get to a point where he's an average NFL passer to be an MVP kind of quarterback. Like He is what Cam Newton was 10 years ago, or at least that's what he could be. I'm most definitely not trading that guy away to draft a quarterback who is shorter than six foot and under 200 pounds. The comparisons I keep hearing for Bryce Young are either Steph Curry, who's not a football player, and Patrick Mahomes, who is the definition of an outlier. That ain't good enough for me. Yeah, and, and I mean, one of the reasons Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is that he's big. Like, he is able to take some of that punishment. He came back limping onto the field in three different games, and if he weighed 30 fewer pounds, he might not be able to do it again. I, I, I hate sitting here talking about kids this way because Bryce Young is somebody's son and he's got his chance and I want him to succeed. And the last thing in the world I want to be is a person who's had a successful life sitting here saying, don't take the risk on this guy. Like, I want him to succeed, but it would scare me to death. I have a trivia question for you. Go. Who do you think the winningest quarterback is in the history of the NFL that met both of these criteria? Under six feet tall and under 200 pounds. So, I mean, was Drew Brees under 200 pounds? No. Was Russell Wilson under 200 pounds? No. Because they're both under six feet tall. So under six feet tall. Because that's, that's part of your concern, right? Not right. just the height, but how slender he is. Was Joe Theismann under 200 pounds? But, but Doug, he, he's saying Doug Flutie, but Doug Flutie won very few NFL games. The correct answer is Doug Flutie. Wow. I mean, how many games did he win in the NFL? He won 38 games in the NFL. That's the precedent we're dealing with here. Right. Like, this is, like if Bray Young might be great. But it will be the first time in history that someone that looked like that turned out to be great. This is Greeny. We're coming to you live, as always, from the Seaport. We're brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Also, this reminder that if you're still overpaying for a razor in this economy, it's gross. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. Dollar Shave Club is available at a store near you in the men's razor aisle. That's it. That's the ad. Coming up next, we need to check in on yesterday's controversy. When is a lunch not actually a lunch. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. 
Did you know that one of the biggest hiring challenges of 2023 is standing out to top talent? Break through the clutter and attract the most qualified candidates for your team with ZipRecruiter's matching technology. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. All right, we'll get back to all this quarterback talk and a whole lot more. But first, I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. So if you were listening at this time yesterday, you heard one of the five stupidest conversations you've ever heard in your entire life. I went back and listened to it on the podcast. And candidly, Cam, I was ashamed that I was a part of it. Me as well. All of us were dumber for having heard it. For those of you who were not with us yesterday, here's what happened. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. We hope that you and your significant others had a lovely day and um, made the most of the day, however it is you chose to do it. Hembo, because he's a, a good and faithful husband and a nice man, decided he wanted to take his beautiful wife Lizzie out for dinner. Now many people do that. Many people take their wives, husbands, whatever the case may be, out for dinner on Valentine's Day. That's great. So Hembo made a reservation to take his wife out for dinner. At what time was that reservation for, Hembo? One o'clock. One o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. Now, when we then tried to point out that that was not dinner, it was lunch, he maintained for no reason at all that no, it was dinner because the formality of the event and the food chosen is what dictates the meal, not the time at which it is eaten. And then even though I went on to explain that there's nothing wrong with taking your wife to a Valentine's Day lunch, I indeed did the same myself, and so did many other people who have to get up early in the morning and didn't want to go out for dinner last night. There's nothing wrong with you taking Lizzie for a lovely lunch at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But I have to ask you, did you insist that the two of you referred to it whilst you were there as dinner? Of course I did, because it was a formal event during which we ate hot food. It was dinner. Where? What is this notion that lunch cannot be hot? I don't understand this. We got, you know, I got like a chicken and bruschetta kind of deal. She got penny vodka, I believe. We split a bottle of wine. It was super nice. Like the, the Italian place that's close to our house, they dress it all, you know, nice up and fancy. I wasn't eating a chicken salad sandwich. It was dinner. Just happened to be at one o'clock. So, so uh, Brandon, you weren't here for this yesterday. And Brandon is a, is a, you know, he's a man who's been around the block and back a couple of times. I mean, he knows what's going on. Um, do you share the opinion that Cam and I and Bubba, who was here yesterday, have that the time of day at which you eat a meal is what determines what meal it is, not the contents of the food that you eat? Do you share that opinion or are you on Hembo's side? You agree with me? See, and because and, I brought it up and I listened again back to the podcast on this. There's going to come a time when your twins are going to bring you breakfast in bed, regardless of what it is. It's going to be like Mother's Day, and they're going to want to come, and they're going to knock on the little door there, and little Michelle and then little other one are going to come knocking on the door. They're going to have a little tray, and if at that moment in time what they know how to cook is hamburgers and cookies, that's what they're going to make. They're going to bring hamburgers and cookies why are you smiling at me like that? Because your opinion just doesn't matter as much as Noah Webster's. Would you like me to give you what Noah Webster defined? Oh, as come dinner? on. And by Noah Webster, you mean the of Webster's Dictionary? That's right. His first name is Noah? Yes. 
It is Noah. When did that happen? Like, I never knew Webster Probably had a when first he was born. Name. I was thinking of uh, Webster as the classic 80s TV show starring Emmanuel Lewis. So who did you think the I dictionary thought, was named after? I thought it was named after him, Emmanuel Lewis, the little diminutive actor after whom the show Webster. No, I'm kidding. All right, tell me, what, what, is the, what are you going to read me the definition of? They prov- the definition of dinner. Okay, read me the definition of dinner. They provide two. Okay. Number one is the main meal of the day, eaten in the evening or at midday. That's number one. All right. Number two. Okay. A formal meal in honor of some person or occasion. Okay. So, so in this case, you're trying to tell me that you think this satisfies both criteria. Absolutely. Because it was in honor of an occasion, which was Valentine's Day, and that it was eaten at midday. That is correct. Now, here's what I would say. Webster has no idea what the hell he's talking about. There was, did your wife, Lizzie, refer to it as dinner? She did not. What did she call it? Lunch. She called it lunch. She called it lunch. I wonder why. Because it's lunch, and she's a person who lives on this planet during this period of time. When did Noah Webster live? Uh, this was published in 1828. 1828. So there was Which a Which coincidentally is when Hembo was born. Yes. Hembo, actually, <laughs> he, 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 he has memorized the baseball rule book going back to 1828. No, no. Here's the point, Hembo, is that in 1828, that was probably true. People might eat dinner at 1 o'clock in the afternoon in 1828. Do you know why? Because they were all going to die at the age of 46. Everything got kind of condensed. Our life expectancy, our lives in every conceivable way have changed. They also didn't have lights. They didn't have lights. Neither did baseball for a long time. That's exactly right. By the way, Lizzie, my, my beautiful wife, also had one more objection. I don't want us to go off. To, to, to no, but you did tell me this morning that A, you didn't want to tell me what happened, but that B, there was a secondary issue. Yeah, there was. Is there some unwritten rule of which I am not aware that says you should not pay for Valentine's Day dinner with a gift card? <laughs> That's not a joke. It's what happened here. Okay. And that's what scuttled our operation. All right, that's funny. Th- that is funny. Now, okay, I'm going to give you some help with that one. And I actually think I'm going to be on your side. And, and here's why. I have two questions. The second of them is very personal. Feel free to not answer this question, understanding that there will be no judgment cast either way. But there are some married couples that I know that when they get married, immediately, everything that's mine is yours and everything that's yours is mine. We, we don't have separate bank accounts. We don't have any of that. Stace and I have, from the day we got married, even before we got married, we have one bank account. That's it. Any bill that's hers is mine and vice versa. This is a much too personal question for me to be asking you on the air. But if indeed that is the status of your marriage, and I'm g- gauging from your expression that it is, then I don't think there's anything wrong with paying for that with a gift card because she's paying for it every bit as much as you're paying for it. So whether whether you would like it to be felt, whether you would like the feeling to be you're taking her out for this Valentine's Day, the reality is you're both taking you out. In the same way, if, it's, if, if, if the money is ours, then that's fair. Now, if you still have your money and she has her money and you paid for this with a gift card, that's going to change my perspective on this. I can't read your face. You're not obligated to answer this, by the way, on I'm, the radio. I'm comfortable answering. The answer is B. <laughs> we don't 
share. It's not the same pot. It's not the same pot. It is not the same pot. So now all of a sudden I have a problem with this gift this card. This was a gift card given to her. To her? By a family friend after the kids were born. This was a gift card. Hold on. Hold everything. Wait a minute. This has changed the dynamic of this entire meal. Suddenly, what we call it is the least of my concerns. I figured. Whether this was lunch, whether it was dinner, whether it was a midnight snack, breakfast, or brunch, none of those matter. You took your wife out for a Valentine's Day dinner. Let me even say I'm going to give you dinner for the purposes of making the conversation easier. You took your wife out for a Valentine's Day dinner and paid for it using a gift card that had been given to her by a friend, not even in commemoration of your marriage, but in commemoration of the birth of the children that she carried and did all of the work on for not only one of them, but two of them in the gestation period. <laughs> and, 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 and you just sat there like a dope and watched and pretended you had some say in any of these things. And you... Did you just pull that thing out? How did you even have it? He took it from her wallet. I, no, no, no. I had had it stashed. We had had it on the fridge for a while. Knowing that we were going to go to this restaurant earlier in the week, I pulled it, put it into my wallet, hoping that she might not notice that it was gone. And then I whipped it out at the time in which the waitress gave us And did she immediately say, where did you get that gift card? Of course. And what did you say? From the fridge. <laughs> and she immediately recognizes the gift card. Right, of course. Linda and, gave it to her as a present after we had our babies. So do you know what happened here? Linda took your wife out for a Valentine's <laughs> Day dinner at 1 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. Listen, Linda. Listen, 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 Linda. Even I know that one. Linda actually had Valentine's Day with your wife yesterday more than you did. Did you get her a gift or was the meal the gift? I did get her a dozen roses. A dozen roses. So that's good. So that's good. So that buys you back some degree of good graces. But I mean, I think I, think I speak for everyone. Cam, I don't know what your opinion on this is. You're a 25-year-old single guy. So candidly, one thing I know is your opinion doesn't mean a damn thing on this. <laughs> I speak for everyone when I say... The roses are good, but they do not make up for paying for the meal with a gift card that had been given to her by someone else. Yeah. Not in any way. I I thought it was interesting that he framed the pulling out of the gift card as like a nice surprise. Like, (laughs) oh, don't worry, babe. I got it. Remember this? And she's like, yeah, that's mine. This is how (laughs) stupid men are. Like, I thought she would be. No, no, no. This is not how stupid men are. This is how stupid you are. Don't lump the other three and a half billion of us in with you. None of us paid for our wife's meal yesterday with a gift card that was hers. Yeah. I, I thought she was going to react like, oh, wow, you're so clever. <laughs> she categorically did not. Yes, no, I would imagine she categorically did not. I mean, what did you do? Get her a present? Did you buy her like a sweater that she had already returned? I mean, we're, this is about as bad as it could possibly get. All right, I need a moment to recover i need a moment of recovery from all of this and then we will roll on there's still a million things to get to including a green light and quarterback conversations we'll do all of that after this from honey nut cheerios what better way to start your day than with honey nut cheerios for breakfast honey nut cheerios made
made with whole grain oats, making it a heart-healthy food. It also has a touch of real honey, making it delicious so you don't have to compromise on taste. It truly is the perfect combo, great tasting and good for you. And for a limited time, Cheerios has changed some of its iconic O's into hearts to remind Americans that living a happy, heart-healthy lifestyle can be fun, easy, and delicious. I have them in my house. They are awesome. Look for Cheerios with happy heart shapes wherever you buy groceries today. We're back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. One of the biggest hiring challenges in 2023 is standing out to top talent, break through the clutter, and attract the most qualified candidates for your team with ZipRecruiter's matching technology. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Um, one more mention that we have been getting a lot of people asking about getting autographed copies of our forthcoming book. The book is called Got Your Number. It is my first true sports book. Hembo did all the research. It is outstanding. Um, and in, in it, I decide, I unilaterally, with Hembo's assistance, decide who owns every number from 1 to 100 in the history of sports. And uh, people have been asking where they can get autographed copies. I'm flattered that people have been asking that of both of us. Hembo signed a bunch of books. Um, and, uh, I put the link at the top. I pinned the link for autographed copies to the top of my Twitter page. So if you are on Twitter, go to my page at ESPN Greeny and uh, pinned to the top there. You'll see a link specifically for autographed copies. There are a very limited number of those available right now. So if you want one of those, order it right this minute. And, um, if we run out of those, we will have more. And that will be helpful for everyone. But that's where they are available. It's on Barnes and Noble's website. So um, if you if you're not on Twitter, just go to Barnes and Noble's website, search "Got Your Number," and you will see the opportunity to order signed copies. Do it now because hopefully those are going to go rather quickly. I'll find out later today if that is indeed the case. And thank you as always for your support. Now, having said that, this is a really complicated time for me because. You know how strongly I feel about the team that I follow in football. And I feel as though that team is about as close to winning in a significant way as it has felt in a very long time. And yet it is so far away at the same time. It's hard to, 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 to describe exactly where that team is, the New York Jets, because if you need... 25 things to win a Super Bowl. They've got like 22 of them. The trouble is, overwhelmingly, the most important one is the one that not only don't they have, but they couldn't be farther from having. 
They have the worst quarterbacks in the NFL as opposed to good ones. So the Aaron Rodgers thing is going to be a saga I'm going to have to live through. And I'm going to have to live through the ups and downs of this because he's so incredibly unpredictable, right? This is a man that is literally, he's going, we are having conversations. He's on McAfee yesterday and they are having conversations about the time he's going to spend in the dark room, the darkness retreat, and the erroneous reporting that he had already gone into it The fact that there was reporting about a quarterback going into a darkness retreat and the impact that's going to have on his football future tells you everything you need to know about what these next few weeks are going to be like. Listen, I'm not in my darkness retreat yet. What? Oh, yesterday. What? Nope. This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always the end of this week. Oh. So anybody with knowledge to the opposite of that, it's fake news. Whoa. So Whoa. let me just reiterate one more time. There's an inner circle, right? And in my inner circle, nobody talks. The fact that it is being reported on where he is going, it meaning into a darkness retreat, is in and of itself newsworthy because it's just such an unusual thing. We aren't wondering if Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or Jacoby Brissett or Andy Dalton or anybody else is going to go spend four days in the darkness and then come out and first make up his mind if he wants to continue playing, and then make up his mind if he wants that to be for Green Bay, and then make up his mind, well, do they want him back, and does he feel good about that, and then make up his mind if they don't where he wants to go next, and then make up his mind if the team that has, is going to trade for him uh, is able to give him all the things that he wants, particularly based upon what it is they're going to have to trade to get him. He has a lot of making up his mind to do, and those things don't happen quickly. And if it is going to take that length of time for those things to happen, then many other options are going to come and go. So I'm willing to bypass Derek Carr. You are. Yes. You have convinced me that I'm if, if Derek Carr is going to sign somewhere before free agency itself begins, like to be clear, Jimmy Garoppolo and the others, they can't. Now, we all know these conversations are going on behind the scenes but they can't sign anywhere until the new league year begins. The two who are on a different timetable are Rodgers and Carr. Rodgers, because that would be a trade, and Carr, because he is a free agent, because he was released. Those other guys are finishing up contracts. In theory, Jimmy Garoppolo is under contract to the San Francisco 49ers right now, and he won't be on March 16th. So I'm willing to wait until March 16th, assuming I don't lose out on Garoppolo, because here's what can't happen. My choice, here's my choices. One, Rodgers. Two, Garoppolo. Three, Carr? Four, are, you te- are you looking at me and telling me I should, be, I should want Andy Dalton instead of Derek Carr because he's going to be that much cheaper? I would say yes. I would say yes to Jacoby. I forgot about Ryan Tannehill and Ryan Tannehill. What's going to happen with Tannehill? He's, I think he's likely to get cut or traded for almost nothing because the cap hit is so ridiculous. And last year they elected him, sort of go with Malik Willis and then stay with him to see. I mean, they just drafted him the year before. Tannehill's just too expensive, and they're rebuilding. Malik Willis is a project who a lot of people were extremely high on. There were people going into the day of the draft who thought he could go as high as the top 
two or five picks, and he wound up not going till round three. So there are obviously the league wasn't that high on him, but there are people out there who think he's going to be a really good player. And to your point, Tannehill is ridiculously expensive. He yes, he's his cap hit as currently constituted would be thirty seven million dollars for next season. There's no guaranteed money left on the contract. And Jeff Darlington today on Get Up twice mentioned his name as a quarterback that would likely become available this offseason. So that's an interesting possibility. So you've talked me out of Carr, because I've never really thought that Carr felt like a good fit for the market anyway. Like Carr's personality, I don't know him personally, so I, maybe I'm getting out a little over my skis, but just the way things have come and gone with him, some of the emotional things that we've seen, which I, I, I am not critical of. I, I admire that to a degree. But I don't know how well that works with the particularly intense scrutiny and pressure that exists in a media market like New York. I think that's true in a few places. Philadelphia, I think, is another one that's like that. Maybe Boston to a degree, particularly with um, with baseball, maybe more so than football. Um, Boston's just a complicated place because Brady reset the everything for 20 years. So that's kind of hard to say. But one way or another, I don't know that this is a good fit for Carr either way. There's one more quarterback that you did not name. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to be tagged in all likelihood a week from yesterday and he's going to, I think, even more so than Rodgers. That's going to be the overwhelming soap opera of the NFL offseason. So let's talk about that. Why does Lamar Jackson not have the contract he wants in Baltimore? I think there are two reasons. One of them is Deshaun Watson. So business is complicated. Like, I know what it's like to be an independent contractor working for a very big company, trying to get as much money as you can. That's what all of us who do what I do for a living, that's what we do. At the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is an independent contractor. He's a member of a union and all that kind of stuff, but he's there trying to get as much money as he possibly can. And if someone who does basically the same job he does, but not as well, who has created nothing but negative headlines and storylines for his franchises and for the league, gets something. In this case, it's $230 million guaranteed dollars. Let's just call it X. I look at it and I say, I've been better than him. I've been a model citizen. I've created zero issues off the field. I've won an MVP award. There is no reason why I should expect, I should accept less than that. If the people I'm working for say, you have to understand, Greeny, that deal that he got from somewhere else, that's not a precedent. No one else would have done it. It is a complete outlier. It will not happen again anywhere. I would say an outlier is a precedent. Like, to me, the definition of a precedent is, what has someone else been willing to do before? Don't tell me what everyone else thought of it. Just show me what the Browns gave Deshaun Watson. And they might say the Browns were desperate. Deshaun didn't want to go there. He wanted to go other places. And I would then say, you know what? Maybe you'll be desperate when I'm gone. And now you have them just staring at each other. So I get it from Lamar's side. Now, the fact that he is representing himself to a degree, the fact that he and his mother are doing this without an agent, I admire that too. I like... I think it is a, a courageous act of betting on yourself and all of that. What I've repeatedly had told to me from people is that if he had a standard agent, that agent would long since have been pushing him to take the best deal he could. 
because he ran a pretty significant risk of this year diminishing his leverage, and maybe it did. The way that season ended, it certainly didn't help his leverage. His leverage is he's great, he's been great, they've built the entire franchise around him, and without him, they're nothing. Working against him is everything else. So I, for the life of me, don't know where this is going. And I asked Darlington about it on TV today, and I said, the the notion that if the Ravens won't give him $230 million guaranteed dollars, will someone else do that? He said, there's no way to be sure of that. There, it is by no means a certainty that Atlanta or anyone else will give Lamar the contract he wants. So this has been a very long explanation of the way things have gone. Now let me tell you what I think. I don't know how this resolves itself. Like, I feel like we have a full standoff. Like a game of chicken is where the two cars are driving towards the edge of the cliff and one guy jumps out first and he's the one who loses. But in this case, I think they're both willing to go over the cliff. So all of a sudden you got Thelma and Louise going on here. And where is the, where, where do they meet? Like, where does it end? If it ends with them giving him the franchise tag next week and saying, this is the offer at the end of the day, take it or leave it. And he says, I leave it. Now you're the Ravens. You got a pretty tough choice to make. Now you got to, you've got to do a sign and trade. And if you're Lamar Jackson, You've got to figure out if Atlanta or the Jets or the Raiders or some other team, and I have not sat back and looked at everyone's salary cap situation, if someone else is going to be willing to give you the money that you want. And if not, then are you really better off anywhere else than you are in Baltimore where they have shown a willingness and desire to build the entire franchise around you? What I'm trying to say is I have no idea how this ends. And that I know that's an unsatisfying take, but I can't think of anything else. This is a circumstance which we have only variables and no constants. Right. And all of the things that you just said are true and apply. And we've hardly even begun to scratch the surface from the perspective of the team. What is their evaluation of the player? Are they willing to set uh, a new precedent the same way that the Browns did and upset every other NFL owner? How are they dealing with the fact that Lamar Jackson had what they described as a week-to-week injury that he did not return from in a playoff game. Like the relationship is such that I'm with you. I don't know how it's resolved because right now I don't know that either side have common ground in any way. Here's what happened at the end. John Harbaugh was upset at the end of the season. And what I don't know is, was he upset at Lamar Jackson or is he upset at the front office and ownership for the deal not being done? Was he upset at Lamar because he believed that Lamar could play? Or was he upset at the front office because he believed that if the front office had gotten this done, then Lamar might play? I don't know whose side he's on. I don't have any way of knowing that. He's not going to tell you one way or the other. But what I do know is, I think the... How would we assess the likeliest outcome? Is the likeliest scenario that he, Lamar Jackson, plays for Baltimore next season? No. I don't think Lamar Jackson will ever play for the Ravens again. Really? I do. That's what I think. Wow. That's interesting to me because if you're the Ravens, look, at the end of the day, you, you probably don't want it to go to this place, but you do still hold the cards. The NFL's franchise tag provisions give you the opportunity to tell him if you want to make a living playing this game and there are still tens of millions of dollars at stake for you, 
then the only place you're going to do it is here. Now, that would be a bad look, and it would be met, I think, with a lot of frustration by a lot of people. But they can do it. I don't know. I guess the point we're making is this has a lot of twists and turns still to come. All right, I'm going to go and get uh, dinner in the next 10 minutes, and then we will see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.